0: Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore.
1: Would you mind identifying what you are? Come on, lay off, will you? I want out his family. Kids these days. The kids are all right. All right, all right, all right. Hi! Hey guys! Welcome. This is the kids are not alright. And I'm Emily. And I'm Anna. And we're both a little under the weather today. If you might be able to hear in our voices, I don't know if you can tell or not, but I think you're sick. I've been sick. Your sick voice is very, very sweet, Emily. Well, it's just low. I'm just like so anyways, uh we apologize for any snuffles or coughs that might occur during this episode. Um okay. So <laughs> now that you've been warned,
0: uh let's been warned. let's go talk um, about the serious serious
1: uh issues such which as today we're talking about crushes. Crushes. Ding. And friends um,
0: and love. And then later, the yeah. news.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, last time we touched on this, and we kind of decided it needed its own episode, mm-hmm. which is the thing with us queer people that happens, um, which is kind of getting your first your first queer crush. And also... Uh, Tangentially to that is also falling in love with your friends. <laughs> question <mark>. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go right into it. What was your first gay crush, Anna? Oh, God. I mean, it depends on what stance
0: you want to take on it. Uh, I remember reading this thing that like blew my mind about queer cinema, which is that this I forget, of course, who wrote it uh but it's like this person makes this argument for the fact that like you shouldn't watch uh a piece of cinema and like ascribe um identities that were co- like terms for identities that were coined after the movie was made so like yeah. like pe- yeah. or like even history like people going back and being like oh Joan of Arc was yeah. trans it's like trans didn't even exist for Joan of yeah. Arc you know also happy like, trans, people saying also happy that trans. Shakespeare yeah. is by. Yeah. Where it's, like, those types of things. It's, like, we can't
1: know that, you know? Yeah. Um, and... Well, and just, like, different identities yeah. coming out of different historical contexts. Yeah. What was your point with this with Crushes? My point with
0: this with Crushes <laughs> is that, like, for me, looking back on my life, it's it's... I never know what stance to take where it's, like, it's either, oh everything was gay or like, you know, the more recent, like the thing that actually made me come out to myself because I could look at like, let's do that one. The one that made you come out to yourself. Okay. Although I will tell a quick story when I was in the (laughs) first or second grade, when we used to go to the Chinese restaurant with the girl knows eating fish, there's a really scary fish that my mom's said eight girls' noses, so <laughs> yeah. So it was the girl knows eating fish. Yeah. So we would go there, fun for the whole family. And um, one day we were talking about marry, like marriage, and I was like walking to the parking lot, and I was like, you know, I think I'd marry Michelle.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> and like, honestly, props to our moms for not being like, we have a gay
1: in the family, and like, <laughs> I mean, it's also like that there's if anybody has seen imagine me and you oh yeah it's a great uh it's a great lesbian rom-com type thing and there's uh, a little male gazy, I will say oh for sure but um but there's a little girl in that movie and she's talking to one of the gay characters and she was like wait so you're never gonna have a boyfriend and she was like no I'm gonna be with a woman and the girl's like oh that makes sense I think I would rather be with my friend Kate for the rest of my life, other than boys. And then she turns around, and she's like, "But that doesn't mean you're gay or anything." And then she like runs off. It's so cute.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a good moment. That's true. But anyways, yeah. Um. So my first crush. Uh. Well, I have a weird uh, uh arc with that because when I was in middle school, I had a girlfriend and actually one of my first like actual sexual experiences was with a cis girl and
1: Who? um or you can tell me later sorry i, I keep forgetting we're recording this. <laughs> I'll
0: tell you later <laughs> uh we okay. met at the
1: public library oh my gosh <laughs> you know
0: the place to pick up chicks and uh yeah and it was like it was when I'd cut my hair short and I was like, "Well, boys won't like me, so I'll find a girl who does," and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I did her, and then like, I just didn't like her, and oh my gosh, and so then I was like, "Well, guess I'm straight," and
1: <laughs> oh, no,
0: and then I proceeded to like go like boy crazy for like this is true, a f- this is true, full like six years, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then, uh when I went to Chicago on my semester off, um oh no, 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 my my freshman year of college, this like beautiful girl tra- like came mid year, and I was like, she just undid me, like I turned into like a <laughs> blithering idiot around her, I was just like i was a an imbecile. And yeah. we would make out occasionally, but I was just like terrified, and yeah. so I, I, you know, shit the bed on that one. Oops, oops, <coughs> Sorry, language. Sorry, I sneezed. <laughs> I, I hope your sneeze censored my my bad word. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can try and time it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but anyways. anyways, so that, and then, um, and then I was like, you know, I'm still so straight. <laughs> And then uh, I had a kind of double whammy of not realizing I was, like, in a not platonic relationship, but not sexual relationship with one of my best friends at the time. And then I took my semester off in Chicago, and then I also developed a, like, you know, not platonic relationship But it was, in my head, still platonic because in my head I was still so straight. And then, uh, you know, I came back to Chicago the summer before my uh, senior year at Bard and um, quickly realized that I was, like, gaga for this person in Chicago. And then it just made me, like, have to come to terms with, like, you know, the fact that I was thinking and feeling all of these things meant that, like, I wasn't just straight and that, you know, things could be different. Didn't mean it was healthy. Yeah. uh, But I feel like it rarely is because I feel like so much of, like, I was so resistant to being honest with myself and coming out to myself. And then even after I did come out to myself, it took me like a full year and a half after that to have like a positive queer sexual experience. Yeah. Uh, And then it took me like two months after that to feel confident, like even trying to do the dating thing. Like I'm a really slow mover when it comes to that. I
1: am a wuss, and which is so funny for me to hear because I've always thought that you're like so much like snappier on in the dating scene than I am. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I mean it takes me a long time to get no, to and now now I know that about you more as yeah. we grow up. Yeah, but I think before I was always like, oh, Anna. Anna's the one in our family who's like the social butterfly and like Well, just it's, my falls in into relationship. it's my Venus in Gemini.
0: It's my Venus in Gemini. Um this like yeah. beautiful witchy Scorpio herbalist who loves the zodiac <clears throat> was like reading my chart and she did that sunburn noise that you hate when people <laughs> look at your sunburns and they go "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> and she looked at my chart and said that I was like like I'm what? <laughs> what's wrong with me doctor am I gonna die And <laughs> and she was just like well you're Venus and Gemini like how are you surviving and yeah. I feel like it's you know on the one hand I am like really slow like almost glacial in my like conceptual you know leaps and then on the other hand I'm like out and about and dancing and like grinding on like a million people I don't know yeah. So you know, it's one or the other. It's never like a chill medium. Um, yeah. But the point, the whole point of this is to say that uh, I'm. People are always really surprised that it took me so long to feel comfortable in. Yeah. In my in like my first crushes,
1: and I feel like there's... TBH, I'm kind of surprised. I thought it was going to happen yeah. sooner. No, I just, I had no idea that, like, when you were talking about coming to Chicago and being conflicted during that time. Yeah. I thought you had already gone through a whole sexual thing crisis. Oh,
0: no. I still have only, uh, had sex with maybe, like, three, like, two and a half, uh, (laughs) like, femme-identifying people.
1: Well and this is a good time to raise this thing, is that... I don't think it's it's the number of experiences or whatever that you have. Yeah, that's and, a really toxic thing about queer
0: communities. I feel like and queerness especially it's like people yeah, it's, have this like messed up like evidence based thing where it's like, oh, you're not a real queer. Like you've only hooked up with like right. boo 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 boo. Like you're a bad like or the idea of the bad queer. Like come
1: on. Yeah, especially for bi, bi people um, or pan people, I feel like. It, there's this whole thing of like, oh, but you've only ever been with men, so how could you be biased? Yeah, or like and what we that's... were
0: talking about in the first episode, where like people, a lot of lesbians hated Julianne Moore's character because she hooked up with a man, and it's yeah. like
1: that doesn't invalidate, right? You know. So the whole point is to say you can still identify anyway, because I think there's this kind of, uh, the toxic thing is to associate sexuality with sex. And that's not at all Mm. the case. So yeah. Anyways. Oh,
0: but also to finish, to finish my like arc is that I think a really important, um, moment in me coming out to myself and like realizing that my crushes were crushes and that my loves were loves was when, uh, I realized that I was going through this pattern of getting close to, like, women, like, having a close female friend, getting super, super close, uh, you know, the obvious a few jokes that I'm their boyfriend. And then at some point we, like, go through, like, a friend breakup. And I was like, (laughs) why am I, like... I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not one of those like reality TV. Like you're not my best. Like you're my ex-best friend. <laughs> like yeah. why am Why is this happening? What Where is this pattern coming yeah. from? And then I realized that like whether or not the parties involved admit that it's a non platonic relationship, it you can feel it in the breakup where it's yeah. like if it even if it's not spoken like yeah sometimes it, it like it feels that way. Like yeah it's hard to like you know, you, you, you don't you stop really doing the things you used to do together like yada yada yada. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really interesting. Um but yeah the I feel like in some way and uh Javi one of the lovely members of Team Oasis is going through his first um, breakup right now. Why don't
1: you explain to the people what Team Oasis is? Oh,
0: the restaurant I work at, Lil' Deb's Oasis, we're one big family. Uh, Javi is our um, beautiful, works there and is a part of our family and friends. And he is 19 and is just like on the end of like a long his first big long relationship and he is heartbroken he's not yeah. straight he's heartbroken and yeah. we were all and he's like i don't want to beat it like and like we were all just like but like this is like love and this is like yeah you this is a result of you look like going out and finding the love that you've wanted and it didn't work out but like i feel like a breakup is something that is actually really important for queer people in, like, validity.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yes, I agree. And I think also what you said about the endings of things, really. Because I think... um, Because when you're in it, you can't look at it. Well, you can look at it, but (laughs) believe me, you can look at it. But I think uh, it's just kind of a validation in, like, for people like me, who are constantly in relationships where you're like, oh, is this a thing? Or is this not a thing? Because, yeah. like, we're both pretending that it's not a thing, but it's kind of a thing. Yeah. So, you know, I think when things end, there there's that validation of, I mean, it definitely doesn't feel like a validation, but you know my ther- my therapist has been helping me <laughs> kind of realize like <laughs> like yeah like when things end you kind of realize how big they were to you and how big they were to the other person um so anyways yeah, yeah. or
0: on the other side realizing and this is sad but you know also a thing is realizing like how much you and the other person are differing in, like, the rates that you want to grow. Like, I've definitely ended... Like, I've definitely been in things that have ended and then, like, gone through so much beautiful growth and, like, movement and then, you know, touch back in... Like, get back in touch with that other person and see that, like, they have not moved at all. Yeah. And in, and for some people that splitting is like we just can't travel at the same speed any or like in the same direction. Yeah. No, totally. Um And it's like watching people get in the same patterns of relationships over and over again, which like, yeah. you know, I probably still do to some extent.
1: Um <laughs> That's the other thing. I mean, thing. we're also both still young in the grand yeah. scheme of things so. but
0: I think another um, another thing for me that's dangerous about the like friendship falling in love thing is that like I realized that a lot of the way that I derive like <clears throat> validity as a friend and have been like taught to love is like like giving people things like showing up like and and yeah. I've definitely entered into a lot of like awful codependent I mean not awful like They had their beautiful like love filled relationships, but like codependent caretaking things where like I get into this and like it's very clear where this comes from, which is like it was what was kind of like nailed into me from our stepmom about our mom is like I'll get into this thing where it's like I will feel like I'm not pulling my weight and like I'm being like just a bad person if I don't, like, take every opportunity and moment to, like, take care of this other person. <laughs> and so I'll get into these frustrating friendships where, like, in the 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 person with sh- in Chicago where, you know, she didn't sign up to, like, be loved by me. Like, she definitely was a part of it and, like, played her own part. But, like, for me... I signed her up for a lot of things that I didn't ask her about. I just would do, like, an emotional labor thing or, like, show up at some place and then assume that I was entitled to a deep love, you know? Yeah. And, like, that's a Which really is messed why up...
1: communication is key. Yeah, because it's like,
0: you know, I was so angry for so long and I was just like, oh, my God, like, ah, uh, like, like forget her like blah 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 like she's so bad and then i was talking to one of our mutual friends and i was like oh my god like i was the awful friend zone guy <laughs> yeah and like yep i mean it's always <coughs> much worse when it's like a real dude but like yeah you know realizing that gender knows no bounds guys You can still be a a gross, uh, entitled, but why aren't we having sex person, regardless of how you identify. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which, it's so funny that we just started talking about crushes, and now we're talking about these deep emotional things, (laughs) which is kind of like a lot of people make jokes about it in the gay community and the queer community, but it's... They're jokes because they are so true. <laughs> but it's... Because it's like, you know, you get kind of moony over a person. Oh, moony. and then it That's consumes nice. your whole life. <laughs> well, yeah. Because I feel like there's
0: this, like, scarcity mentality of, like, I don't know when I'm going to... meet. Like, it's
1: already... Well, but it's also kind of, I think, a bigger deal to have, uh, you know, a gay crush because... There is this kind of inherent like, oh, I'm not only thinking about this person, but I'm also redefining myself yeah. during this whole thing.
0: Mm. And then and, that person becomes tied up in it, which is so hard sometimes. Well,
1: and like also what what we're talking about is like kind of this friendship love, which um, which is, also, is very, very, yeah. very kind of tied in to a lot of queer relationships yeah. because of the whole... Um kind of there's you know the idea of there's lots of different kinds of loves, so i'm gonna get this wrong, but it's like filial love and oh something else love anyway but i don't even um,
0: i don't even agree with those categories of <clears throat> love because I think that a mistake, and this is one of the things that had been frustrating me and like I think led to a lot of my misadventures with falling in love with my friends, was realizing that like. Being in love is not a linear progression. Like, it's not like you have the ingredients, like you like each other, you add sex into the mix, uh, and then you start falling in love. Like, and then there's an end zone and that like, if you are in love, sex must be a part of it. And then you go further and it's like a, you're kind of on a track and you either stay on the track and you go
1: or you get off Right, but I think those the types of love isn't about linear love. The types of love are about all the different ways that you can feel for a person, and it's kind of uh, filling the gap that we have in the English language of Mm. um, like not really being able to express love other than love. So there's no other words Mm. for love, and so like you have you have somebody that you could say that you love but then you have another person that you love but you love both of these different people in such different ways and it's kind of more that idea as opposed to like yeah. I have this kind of love and now I'm gonna have this type of love for this yeah. person it's not like that it's more like you know well, like I've, yeah. I've had love for my friends which I definitely don't consider romantic love but that I still feel, like, this very, very deep connection for them.
0: So... I've definitely been in love with my friends in, like, a not-platonic way. I think I even am right now, to some extent, with some of the people in Hudson. Um, and, like, coming to terms with that was really hard, because I was, like, freaking out. Because I was, like, why do I feel this way? Like, and I kept, like, policing, like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Like, Cause we're all, you know, one big group and we all love each other, but you know, a lot of us have long-term partners and I was like feeling really, you know, bummed out and sad and the like, Oh, well, where's my partner? Like, I'm just going to go eat some worms. And, um, then I had a conversation with Dre my best friend, and I was like, shit, like, I'm in love with Dre, like, like, Dre and I have been so into each other for so long, and like, we don't have a sexual component to our relationship, but like, it's, we're so in it together that like, there's no other way to say it, and that was like, such a freeing moment for me, of just like, sex doesn't have to be a part of it, sex doesn't have to be the goal. Uh, of like an intense, loving relationship. Right, right.
1: This is true. Um, this is true. Do you have any other uh crush topics you want to talk about? Um.
0: Oh. Uh. I think that's one of the reasons why I loved Lara Croft so much as a movie. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Uh. I'm trying to think Do you wanna know my first crush? Uh duh. <laughs> um, so we kind of touched on it in the last episode, but oh, yeah. um I fell in love with this girl uh, that I went to college with, um, who was on the Slam Poetry team. <laughs> A tale <laughs> and, as old as time. <laughs> yeah. um, and I kind of, I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to talk about these little terms that I have uh, made up that I want to catch on, which is um, I cuz you know there's like little terms for everybody in the in the gay community and the queer community oh lighthouse and, lighthouse lesbian i still use okay you totally stole my thunder but thank you sorry <laughs> um so this girl is what i refer to as a lighthouse lesbian and lighthouse lesbians are the kind of lesbians who occupy different um communities And they are just like this light and they they're kind of like the gay that attracts all the baby gays to the to whatever community they're a part of. So, you know, it could be like a basketball team or, you know, a a book club or like a poetry group or, you know, whatever it is. The lesbian equestrian. Right. (laughs) So it's like it's or like you know the hot girl and stick it like it's like all those like people who are like Shane from the L word like it's yes. these lesbians it's like these lesbians who exhibit this certain energy and kind of have like just this confidence in a way or kristen van dyke from napa uh, so <laughs> anyways sorry um just censor that out (laughs) so it's these women who kind of pull in a lot of other uh queer women and who tend to have the effect on women of you know a lot of who I call baby gays are kind of like oh dang I have a crush on this woman I think I'm queer, which was my journey with this Lighthouse lesbian. (laughs) And, you know, had the experience with her of, you know, being like, you know, her saying, oh, you're not gay. You're not gay. You're not gay. And I constantly was like, you're
0: right. I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm not gay.
1: (laughs) No, I was constantly like, I'm bi. I'm bi. I'm bi. And she was like, "Mm, yeah, but you're not gay. You're not gay. You don't like girls. You're not gay. And I'm like... Sitting there making out with her, like, yes, I do, I really do. Like, is it not obvious? So, anyways, that was that uh, whole thing, and I um, really embarrassingly wrote her a bunch of poems. <laughs> so, uh, oh my god, I was thinking, Emily, like, word. In yeah. Code. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, so I was thinking that. If you decide to pledge money to Patreon, depending on how much you decide to pledge, I will have a perk if you would like to listen to one of my really embarrassing gay love poems oh, to this girl that 's a good i one. will I will record myself reading one of the poems just for you <laughs> just because of how ridiculous they are so could you
0: do it in like a transatlantic accent like <clears throat> Like, no, nobody knows no. the way I love
1: thee. <laughs> no, <Anna. laughs> they were serious poems for my heart, so. <laughs> um, Anyways, so I really, really loved her, and it was, again, one of those relationships of, like, we were just friends, but she would constantly be like, you're so beautiful, I love you so much, like, yada yada, which are just things that friends say to each other, I guess, but also at the same time, like, it was just kind of maddening because I would constantly just overanalyze everything and be like, you know, I would go to my friends and say, okay, she did this and this and this and said this and this and this. Like, is that not like a romantic thing? And they'd be like, it totally is. And so then I'd be like, you know, all looking at this relationship differently when clearly she just wanted to be friends. But anyways, going back to the thing of like, the goodbyes kind of make it more real. And so, like, at the end of the semester, we, like, wrote each other these long letters. Like, it was this whole thing. And anyways, and, like, I was basically like, I'm so sure that she's going to see this letter and read this letter and be like, oh, dang, Emily's in love with me. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. But she did it. And it just, like, things kept on being as they were so that taught me a lesson um and yeah and I think since then you know like I've gotten a just because people can receive your love doesn't mean they
0: understand it
1: well and it's more than that it's like I I think looking for a relationship where you know you're not being used and you're not um you know, like, cause, <laughs> cause with me, I think I tend to, my default is when I care about somebody, even when I'm not in love with them, like I, I really want them to feel taken care of, like in any of yeah. my relationships. So I think there are a lot of people who will use that and be like, oh, like Emily's willing to go pick me up from the airport, you know, at 2am, like, I'm, I'm just going to ask her to do it and like, you know, do all these things. And you know, I would just like at the drop of a hat, do them. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who subconsciously or not, will look at that and be like, Oh, this is such a good relationship to have. Like, I'm so glad to have you as a friend and like, whatever, whatever. Because you'll pick me up from the
0: airport at 2am.
1: Right. And if you have to throw in a couple, I love you's and like a couple like cuddles and whatever, like, then that's how yeah. it is. Yeah. Which is not to say I think she was doing that. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, anyways, blah, blah, blah. Well, so,
0: uh, b- um, but I did, like, on the other end of that, like, I recently, like, one of my, like, death, last death rattles of, like, still sleeping consistently with straight cis dudes. <laughs> uh, when I ended it, it was because, like, I was, like, so hesitant. I was, like, like, I'm, I feel miserable, like I feel guilty all the time. Cause it was like a really complicated small town thing. And, uh, and I realized that the only things holding me back were the things that that per that he would do for me. Like the kindness, you know, the yeah. like material kindness that he would give me, of like, you know, a back rub or like whatever care like he was giving. It was like, and I realized that that was not fair to him or me to keep up for like, for that to be the yeah. thing that was keeping me there. Because um, it's also not healthy to practice it, you know? Yeah. To practice that type of love language as a way of endearing yourself to people. And that's something that, like, I really struggle with to this day.
1: Yeah. And also, like, I think on another point on that is... Um, like I recently had something with a girl where, uh, I was her first, uh, you know, gay experience and, you know, we would have times where we wouldn't have sex and, you know, we'd just cuddle and, you know, give each other back rubs and that kind of thing and like, you know, cook together and whatever. And I think that those times give a lot to a relationship, mm. of course, but I think at the same time, like, you know, things kind of ended between us. Uh, I mean, like, we're still friends, but the romantic sexual part of it ended. Um, and, you know, kind of at the end of it, I was like, oh, like I had all these questions and I was like, well, did she even like girls to begin with? Or was she just kind of using me? Like, you know, all these things. Cause you know, our relationship was very much, again, like, I wanted her to feel taken care of, so, um, and so, I was talking to my therapist, and my therapist was like, just, like, literally just ask her, and I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, (laughs) and so, I did, I texted her, and, like, we're still good friends, and, um, I texted her, and I was like, hey, so, like, I still have a lot of questions from when things ended, like, um, like, did you want to? Because she was the one who wanted to break things off sexually. Um, so I was like, did you end things because I was a woman, or like, why did you? Why? Like,
0: did you end things because of the gal in gal pals, or because of yeah, the exactly. pal in gal pals? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and so we just had like a a mature adult conversation about it, and. Like, that's honestly, it helps so much. Because, again, like, a lot of the um, experiences with other women that I've had have been with women who are not, you know, uh, in the community, per se, or, you know, who haven't had experiences with other women. And there's a tendency for a lot of people to... (laughs) To kind of go from that and have the the end of those experiences kind of turn you into this bitter thing of, like, well, they, they didn't want to be with me, so they must not want to be with women ever. Like, they're just a fraud. Like, you know, all this stuff, which is so unhealthy. <laughs> yeah. And, like, again, talking about the love between friends, like, I'm still friends with this woman that I was with, and... Like, we have so much fun together and, like, I really enjoy spending time Also, with her. props to
0: this person because she sent, she's the reason for my, like, Great British Bake Off methadone, which <laughs> is, what is it? The Potter spinoff or something? Great Pottery Throwdown. The Great Pottery <laughs> Throwdown, which I do ceramics and I'm so ready for it. Um, so thank you. If you're listening.
1: (laughs) Um, So anyways, so I I think just that point is uh, (laughs) that there's a lot of, you know, there's the whole thing with, um, especially I think with lesbians, it's kind of a uh, a joke of like, everybody's friends with their exes and everybody's exes have slept with everybody else's exes and stuff. (laughs) But I think... Oh, it's not a joke. (laughs) It's like, I know, that's what I'm saying, is that all these jokes are actually real. (laughs) but um but i think that the moral of the story is in all queer crushes there is kind of this like want to be like bros with them you know and want to be <laughs> want to be close with them you know and so i think I'm going think...
0: to put that on my OK OkCupid profile.
1: <laughs> just looking for I another just wanna bro. just want to be
0: bros. Just looking for a bro, you know? <laughs> yeah. A
1: bro that I can share a, uh, you know, yeah. a friendship kiss with. Uh, because I think, I think especially with a lot of uh, queers, there's that, there's that thing that we do, which is like, you know, having really deep conversations on like the second date and like talking about all of our, you know, like mental health issues and blah, 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 like all these yeah. things. And then. That inherently yeah. gets you so close to somebody, but well, it's because it doesn't always work out.
0: Queer <laughs> Queerness, I feel like, and this is when, like, going back to that queer dance party I went to uh, the weekend, like, last weekend. Um, when we were there, like, there were definitely people where I was like, oh, okay, I'm, uh, I need, to, I'm gonna go back to where my friends are. Bye-bye now. <laughs> um But, like, I felt so safe the whole time. Like, I did not feel... Like, I just... I felt like I could, like, unbutton my mind pants and just, like, (laughs) you know, chill. But Yeah, exactly. um, But I think also with queer relationships, when they end, people tend to take one of two approaches where it's either, like, shout out to uh, Eve Sedgwick and her uh, writing on... Paranoid reading versus reparative reading. But, like, when a queer relationship ends, I feel like you take one of two approaches, which is you either want to embrace the pain and move through it, or you are, like, you shut off from it. And you either, like, accept and move with and integrate, like, the hurt from whatever happened and like move forward or you move away from it and yeah, the moving away from it will leave a relationship like beyond, um, like you can't go back, you know? Yeah. And that's, what's really sad and that's happened to me. But like, I've also had, uh, you know, situations where, both parties have been honest about the hurt and both parties have been like well we're in this still you know <laughs> like we can't yeah <laughs> so i think that it's important to to at least for me like own up to when i wasn't ready to like move with it
1: word word uh, any, last, any last words on crushes that you would like to share before we head into the news? Oh, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, <laughs> How did I know?
0: <laughs> I don't know if this is just happening in my little pocket of the United States or if it, this is more widespread. There's something about the new moon in Aries that, and just Aries season in general that everyone in the restaurant has been manifesting things and they've come true. Carla thought she was going to burn her legs with boiling water. It happened. Uh, How is this about crushes? (laughs) Because one of our coworkers was like, I want someone to, like, give me the number. I just don't know how to, like, put myself out there. Like, I hope it happens. And then someone dropped off their number on a napkin. Oh, my God. And, like, it's happening. And, like. You know, other things have that I will not say here due to lack of appropriateness, things have just been, like, falling into people's laps, manifestations-wise, positive and negative. Like, if you think it, it'll come true. So, you know what? For all of you out there with your crushes and your needs, like, manifest and it will come true. Put it out there and it will come true. Maybe not in the way you thought, but it will come true.
1: Yeah just a quick note it's also not the new moon in aries anymore oh well <laughs> <laughs> um okay on that note i think we're ready to move into the news thank you back to you Emily. thanks um okay so last time we had Zero time for the news. So (laughs) I hope this time we'll get to go through some more stuff. But um, just kind of a little fun note. Um, This is a very... uh, Sorry, I'm pulling up the page. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, the school I went to uh, was in Vermont. So I spent a lot of time in Vermont. So I love Vermont a lot. And Vermont is one of the only states that actually has a cartoonist laureate, which is pretty oh. fun and exciting. And that's um, two words for it. <laughs> yeah, they just they just uh, appointed Alison Bechtel their cartoonist laureate. Oh, okay, that's um, chill. So, if you don't know who Alison Bechtel is, uh, she is. I think her pronouns are she/her. Yeah, I think so. Well, if She also not, I'm very sorry. She did Fun Home, but and she did. Anyways, yeah. So she is the illustrator um and writer of the graphic novel Fun Home. Um she also did one which... about her mom. Fun Home is about yeah. her dad.
0: Uh she did one about her mom and she's also um if you guys want a crazy time capsule of queerness, because I feel like so many people who are, like, in their queerness right now are, like, really in it, in where it's located in, like, the current political climate, like, da-da-da-da-da-da, what, what, like, the aesthetics are going on. There's a whole, like, zone of queer performance art that's happening right now. But if you want to see a time capsule of, like, 2000 to 2008 queerness, uh, she also did a cartoon series called, like, Lesbians to Watch or something like that. And it's, like, about this community of, like, academics slash, like, social justice slash just, like, a group of queers and their life. And it's so interesting.
1: Yes. Um, It's actually called Dykes to Watch Out For. Oh. I was close. You were close. Um, So, anyway, so that's some fun news from Vermont. And she will be honored... Uh, next month at the State House. So, yay! Mm-hmm. Um, also, in case you didn't catch this, her last name, Bechtel, she is uh, what the Bechtel test was named after um, because two characters in one of her graphic novels were discussing the fact that um, women in film, that it's impossible to find two women in film discussing anything. To each other that is not about men. So the Bechdel test comes from that. So in a movie, if you ever see two female characters exchange, have a conversation exchange, that doesn't deal with another male character that passes the Bechdel test. Fun facts for you. Did um, you see
0: that they're making an Oceans 8 or whatever? It's yeah. Oceans
1: but with women. <laughs> Which, like, Believe normally me, that if premise... You haven't, if you haven't heard of that film being made, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> well that... it certainly hasn't been online.
0: <laughs> that premise would normally, like, be just the, like, hey, uh... <laughs> what if we remade this movie, but just with women? <laughs> Is, like...
1: Uh... But I think it's more than that, so... Um, Rihanna's another... gonna be in it, so
0: i better be more
1: than that. <laughs> Sorry. Um... Another uh, news that happened this week is that Gilbert Baker, who was the quote-unquote creator of the rainbow flag, uh, died this week, unfortunately. Yeah, he was 65 years old. Yeah. Um, He was an army veteran and a self-taught tailor, and he created uh, the symbol of the LGBTQ movement, 39 years ago, um, and he he was uh, the partner of Cleve Jones, and if you don't know who Cleve Jones is, uh, Cleve Jones is a huge gay rights activist out of the Bay Area um, who worked with Harvey Milk, and um, anyways, um, Gilbert created the rainbow flag after uh, Milk was elected um and wanted uh something to represent the gay community mm. um and here's some little fun facts that i found um so basically uh the only symbol that the gay community had in the 70s um was the pink triangle which uh in case you didn't know the pink triangle originates from Nazi Germany. Uh, when the homosexuals were rounded up to the concentration camps, um, they would be given a pink triangle to wear to signify that they were homosexuals. Um, like the the Jewish people had the uh, golden star of David. The homosexuals had the pink triangle. So, um, so in the 70s, a lot of uh, queer activists had um reclaimed that uh symbol for their movement. Um but Harvey Milk wanted another symbol to kind of unify um and unite people. So he asked Gilbert Baker to come up with a symbol for gay pride. Um and Baker started working on a flag. He want he knew it wanted he wanted it to be a flag because um their community was he wanted it to be like a nation so people could really rally behind it. Um, so he worked with fabrics that he dyed himself. Uh, and he worked with the help of volunteers to stitch together eight strips of color. So this, these were the original eight colors in the rainbow flag. Uh, the first was hot pink. And hot pink stood for sexuality. And thus spake the Lord. Uh, and then it was red which symbolized life orange was for healing Mm. yellow was for the sun green was for nature Mm. turquoise blue was for art indigo was for harmony and violet was for spirit so the colors of the flag and their meanings have of course changed over the years a bunch um But he flew his first homemade rainbow flag in 1978 on what was called then Gay Freedom Day. Um, So that's a little bit of history for you. Sorry, I'm clacking around. I'm moving around. So um, I just get so excited. (laughs) Sorry, I just had to (laughs) resituate. My computer was falling. Um, Anyways, uh, so that's a little bit of history. And. I couldn't find any more because everything in the news right now is all about Gilbert because oh, I have I have news death. I have news. no wait, wait, I just oh, um okay, I was gonna say I can't find anything uh more about the flag's history because um he there's in some, in some part of my brain i <clears throat> sorry. In some part of my brain, I remember the flag having been sewn by a trans woman, but I couldn't find any other sources anywhere that said anybody other than Gilbert uh, was the original creator of the rainbow flag. So if you know anything else that contradicts what I have just read, please let me know because um, I'm just reading from an article um, that I found on... uh, One of the articles is from LGBTQ Nation, And the other one is from, uh, the San Francisco Times, so, um, or the San Francisco Chronicle, sorry, I don't know why I said Times. Um, anyways, so I was trying to find any other information about it, but it looks like I'm just going to say that this is the true, truest accounts that I could find. So, um, did you want to say something, Anna? Uh, yeah, he, I have the news.
0: Um, <laughs> sorry, do you? <laughs> I've got the news, baby. Uh, so this week, uh, th- there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, I, w- I went on Twitter, and Twitter's always the kind of like smoke that I smell of the fire, and then I go look for the fire, uh, and it was a lot of queer people I know getting really upset because, um, and tweeting about the Trump administration, excluding LGBTQ people from the 2020 census. And, uh, for those of you that don't know the ramifications of that, um, uh, if a group of people are left out of the census, as in like, there's no question in the census to determine how many of them there are, uh, it seriously, excludes and renders them like invisible when it comes to distributing government funding, because the census is a huge source of like, how much money do we allocate to this thing or that thing? Um And so I was like, Oh my God, how is this happening? Like, blah, blah, blah. and then I was doing some research and while it is still bad, it is not as if, I think a crucial mistake that a lot of people are misunderstanding is that, uh, it is not that the census had questions on it about asking about sexual identity or gender identity, uh, before it was just that the Trump administration decided to keep it the way that it's been. <laughs> so it's not that, uh, they undid something. It's that they just continued to block, um, cause the census bureau had, been announcing that they were going to ask those questions and then they took it back. They were like, oh, it'll just be confusing. Similar, which is actually similar logic to the letter that was written about the bathroom bill. Um, yeah. But so I yeah, um, just wanted to clarify that for everyone. Uh, I'll be, we'll be tweeting a, an
1: article from The Atlantic about that. Um, yeah. So, uh, kind of in line with that. Uh, of awful things that our government is doing um there has been a lot of buzz uh this week around um you know stuff going down in North Carolina again um so we talked about in our first episode we talked about the bathroom bill which um has been a huge deal in North Carolina it's the name of uh The bill is HB2 in North Carolina. Um, And it's been a huge deal because uh, a lot of artists and sports teams have refused to travel to North Carolina um, after this uh, bill was passed, um, just because of how discriminatory it is. Um, And, you know, North Carolina as a state has lost, uh, I think, millions of dollars is what I saw um due to this bill. So lawmakers uh this week were going back in to, you know, supposedly repeal H B two, which uh, you know, a tons of news sources quickly uh were putting things out to show just how much bullshit this, you know, actual thing that they were doing really was. So, um, this article is from HRC that I'm looking at. And, um, basically North Carolina's legislature is, uh, saying that they're going to repeal the discriminatory HB2 law. And, um, the deal was actually put through the legislature, uh, on March 30th, Um, and there has been a huge outcry from a lot of different organizations and individuals, um, you know, all the usual famous, uh, people who are vocal about gay rights spoke up, which is great. Um, but the new law does not actually repeal HB2. Instead, it institutes, this is, I'm quoting from this article now, it institutes a statewide prohibition on equality by banning non-discrimination protections across North Carolina, and it fuels the flames of anti-transgender hate. Each and every lawmaker who supported this bill has betrayed the LGBTQ community. Um, and that, that quote was from HRC President Chad Griffin. Um, so the HB2 bill was passed. um Basically to say that non-discrimination protections statewide are now barred from being passed in all cities in North Carolina. Um, So instead of repealing the bathroom bill that they originally created, they're now basically saying, oh, this bathroom bill isn't anything special because there's not going to be any anti-discrimination policies in the whole state. So it's just it's so backwards, and I don't see how people are going to be able to stand up for it really after they read what it actually is. Um. So the big deal, the big ticket fallout from this is a is the NCAA, which, um, they originally pulled out of any games being held in North Carolina after this bill was passed. So there was a huge decision by the NCAA uh, being made as to whether or not they would actually go back into North Carolina after this has been, quote-unquote, repealed or not. So um, it's not looking good (laughs) for North Carolina. Um, And if you live there, I'm so sorry. (laughs) And I think it's also... um, something to look out for in all of the other states, just because I think these kinds of bills are going to become more and more likely to be passed mm. in our current climate. Womp womp. Mm. So that's that's the bad news for today. Um, in Do- good news, uh, this week was Trans Day. Trans Visibility Day um and <laughs> we did not plan we're not very good at planning ahead so this week's episode technically should have been about gender and trans issues but we slacked and uh although you we're know gonna do it we're gonna do it next week <laughs> yeah I
0: yeah I I feel like there's something that I've been like cooking on about the phrase of trans issues because it's like, yes, there are issues, but I always feel kind of like icky being like saying
1: just problem. It's like, do you know what I mean? No, totally. And like, every day should be trans visibility yeah. day. Oh, and also, and you know, what not I- all trans lives are just issues and statistics. They're yeah. awesome, cool. And speaking you know. of queer friendships and falling in love with your
0: friends, is like there. Uh, there's this one article that is like so good talking about this, uh, and like all of the gender non-conforming people that like I'm friends with, and the trans people that I'm friends with. Uh, there's definitely like a, a conversation of solidarity that happens where it's like the amount of people that. Kind of in their problematic way, who are like self-professed straight or self-professed gay, like work out their issues on you because you occupy what they see as this like gender wild card. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Um. And like I've definitely encountered that a lot, especially with like uh, like older women. Yeah. Are really problematic to me. Uh, and for sure, for a sure. lot of my cis, qu- heavy air quotes, straight female friends. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, because but I think like, we we'll go yeah into gender, all of genders, gender things next episode. But we just wanted to put a mention out there in case you thought we forgot about it. We sure didn't. um So, so yeah, that about wraps this one up. Do you have any last words you'd like to say? Um, manifest baby. Yeah. Manifest. Um, and enjoy, enjoy life. Uh, this week is going to be gloomy in Chicago yet again. Um, so my self care for this week is going to be taking showers and Mm. getting better from this gross sickness. Mm. Um, And finding new people to have crushes on. Am I right? Oh,
0: I like don't have the emotional
1: reserves for a crush right now. I'll just be swiping through Tinder. Well, because when I have a crush,
0: it's like I'm the only thing I'm monogamous about are my crush. It's like if I have a crush,
1: I have (laughs) one crush and it is like all consuming. (laughs) I am so loyal to them. Crush. Maybe we should pray for no crushes then. Yeah. Um, no, crushes, <laughs> no crushes, just fun time. No crushes, just fun time. yep. Follow our Twitter. Yep. Um it's at kids are not all right. Just the letter R, not the word R. Please follow our Twitter. <laughs> we don't have any followers right now. And we love you. And please, uh if you'd like to look up any of the articles that we cite or anything else uh it's on there also a big shout out to all of our friends and family and people in our
0: lives who have been giving us so much love about the podcast so far thanks
1: guys if you've listened if you've gotten this far we love you we're so appreciative of you listening to us just talk talk our butts off for an hour <laughs> so um thank you and again if you'd like to donate to our patreon uh our patreon is a tipping and reward site where you can support the work that we do um you can pledge however much money you want per month um and it'll go towards producing this podcast for you mm-hmm. um and that includes our little expenses like you know, buying mics and doing things like that. Uh, um, yeah. So you can go over on patreon.com slash the kids are not all right. And that's yeah. all the words spelled out just like they are. And um, in addition to
0: Emily sending you a recording of her love poems, <laughs> uh, I have some of my hair that I recently cut off that well, I saved. <laughs> That I'll send to you There's if you want. There's that. <laughs> so you know, so,
1: uh, donate for some hair some poems.
0: Uh, Although I will say, you. wait, one quick story. Uh, I was really broke my in college, and I uh, went home uh, one holiday season, and I was like, "Mom, like, what do I do? Like, I'm so broke. I don't know how to make money." And she just like seriously goes, "Have you thought about selling your hair?"
1: like that was like one
0: of her like instant like problem solving like let's sell your hair (laughs) okay
1: well on that have a good week you guys we'll see you next week we'll talk to you next week whatever yeah we Um, can't see sell your hair be kind to yourselves love you love you Bye. bye